Welcome to the Next Level Show, a health and fitness podcast with a little bit of life. Hosted by Jonathan Alvarez, Gabriel Contreras, and Mike Nillis. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Next Level Show. We have an exciting, I always just say this about every episode, but this one in particular, I'm excited to talk about share with you know the listeners and this episode is going to be catered more towards our our listeners that are probably interested in getting into the fitness space as a trainer as a coach um, whether that be in person and online or both this is going to be an episode where we just kind of share with you our personal experience with what we do and yeah before we get into that how you guys doing amazing i don't uh this has absolutely nothing to do with anything, but on the way home, I don't know if you guys noticed, I don't go outside very often. I'm usually locked up in a gym all day. I stepped outside today and I was like, holy crap, mm-hmm. I'm not melting. Yep. People who don't live in Florida right now, the temperature has dropped below 90. The humidity is at a reasonable level. There's a light, there's a light breeze. It's actually yep. comfortable outside. So I, I drove around with my windows down. I cranked up the tunes. I have it on a metal station and I've never heard this band before in my life. It's through XM Radio, which I got a free trial of, which I'm enjoying. Of course. I won't, I won't pay for it, but I am enjoying yep. it. Um, and this metal band came on, and it was 100% Spanish. Um, I recognized a few words, pendejo, uh, cabaron. I don't know. I'm probably butchering these, these words. Cabrón. I think they're bad words. I'm not entirely sure, but that shit slapped. Holy shit. And I actually looked up the band and I have them saved in my Spotify now. So what is it? Um, I can't even pronounce it. I could spell it for you. You know, he's, he reminded me of that meme that I posted about the, when you teach a uh, non-speaking Spanish friends, uh, bad words in Spanish right there. That was him. This is what you do in any language. I feel. Yeah. Hold on. Go ahead and continue on with the conversation. But yeah, I was just cruising around with the... Well, let me ask you this. Do you, do you have like some type of streaming um, radio or something, John? I use Spotify and uh, SoundCloud. Do, no, the reason I'm asking because... So I, in, um, in Jennifer's car, my wife's car, she has the XM radio. And we just like that. Just it's... Um, I don't know. We, we get a lot of good use out of it. We got a good deal. I think like 25 bucks for like six or eight months. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Anywho, I really like it. But what I like to do more than just listen to the song is just change all the stations. I'm constantly changing. Oh, what's on this station? What's on this station? What's on the nineties? What's on the eighties? What's on the metal? What's on hip hop? What's on whatever. So I just go just to kind of see what's on. Even if I find something that I like, especially if it's the beginning of the song, I still change the station just to kind of see if there's something better and then come back to it just in case. I just love like this. You would through. drive me insane. That remind me not to give you control over the audio. If we're ever on a road trip for whatever reason, I'll just take it. I'll be like, I'll be like, leave the effing music on. <laughs> um, I hate it. You know what's a pet peeve of mine? I've realized this is when I am, I had a freaking feeling that was going to happen. Um, I don't know if the listeners heard my uh, FaceTime call came in, but I had, no, I and speaking about pet peeves, it's when I'm listening to a good song and legit the beat's about to drop and I'm waiting for this part of the song and then someone calls me. Oh, and it's like, you know, you got to answer. For something that a spite, I just declined the call. And then I get a message that says, how dare you? (laughs) Here's a nice hack for that. 
uh, don't have friends so that they don't call you. Hey. <laughs> Gabe gets it. Um, <laughs> so, I, I always, and, I, and I always answer, I'm like, what the fuck? So <laughs> if any time anybody calls you and you answer like that, that's why. Yeah, I was they literally about to hit the nastiest chorus in my car and hit the vocals at all top lung and blast it in my car and you just it completely just ruined it just killed it i um I, I would like to submit a pet peeve to the archives that i've recently discovered about myself it's happened often enough it is officially a pet peeve what um malfunctioning technology or more specifically websites that don't work i was losing my fucking mind if i had hair on my head i would have pulled it all out um i was trying to set up auto pay for my car loan should be pretty simple. You could do that with basically any kind of credit card, any banking app. A, they don't have that option through the app. You have to access the website. B, the website wouldn't recognize my login information. I could go on my phone, enter it in, login, no problem. Go to the website, didn't fucking work. When I finally did do the workaround, I had like 16 different passwords from all the times that I tried to do this. By the time I finally did get in there and I clicked on the option to set up auto pay, it redirected me to the main menu and nothing fucking happened. I called customer service like three times. I won't name the bank. Called them three times. Shout them out. Didn't solve anything. I'm not saying the name, but they certainly chased me off from ever doing any business with them. Um, yeah. Zero out of 10 would not recommend whoever their IT guy is. Again, nameless bank. They should fucking fire that guy, and I hope he has poor Wi-Fi for the rest of his life. Now, you know what? I, I, I hope for anyone that, that does that, for the people that have uh, websites that are terrible like that, the IT, IT people, you know what? I, I hope, hope that their socks are just slightly turned so that way it's always uncomfortable. Mm, yeah, it, it gets a little they, bunched up underneath like their, their I right hope toe. that they have their socks on when they try to fix it, then they step on a wet spot, and then they have wet socks. Mm, There's nothing, like nothing worse than that. Sinister. I like it, yeah. Sometimes like, those things are, are more effective, I think. You know, like, yeah, you could wish somebody, you know, gets like bodily harm or something like that, but bad no, Wi-Fi for the rest of your life, that's, no, that's worse. That's way worse. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I think that we, modern, modern problems call for modern solutions. Oh, you know what's even worse too? I hope that th these people, whenever they, they're sleeping, they're trying to get some sleep, right? And then they wake up and they turn their pillow to the cool side. It, both sides are warm. Oh yeah. Yeah. You guys are freaking setting up some bad energy out there. <laughs> God. Well, I'm going to try to spin this into a positive. I'm super stoked about, <laughs> I'm super stoked about the weather. That's what I'm grateful yes. for. Did That's you guys even watch the freaking debates last night? No. A little bit. Um, it was, I it couldn't was, watch it. Yeah. You, you mean you didn't want to? You could not physically, or you just? I, I think I don't. I think I could have technically physically watched it, but I don't have cable, so. Oh me either. I, so no, I, I, I did on, the, on my phone. Like yeah, I, I said, oh, like you know where to watch, and then I just watched a, like about fifteen minutes or so, and that's about as much as I could uh, stomach. And then I just said, "Yeah, I'm done." Yeah, yeah I'm like, I can't do it. I could have watched it, but I knew that I would be at the gym this morning, and I would hear all about it because of the crowd that comes in in the morning. And sure enough, I, I know everything about the debate now. I, I literally didn't have to because I learned all about it this morning. You I got one better commentary. I got one yeah. better for you. I said, let me just not to, I'll just read, I'll just learn everything about it in memes. 
I yep. did see the, the the first meme I saw this morning was uh, Joe Biden saying, uh, "Man, can you shut up?" Yeah, yeah, a whole, like, bunch, like, a whole bunch of versions of that. I can't wait to see that get used. Oh, I've seen <laughs> I've, I've seen a whole bunch of, of, of yeah. versions of it. We live in a great time just for entertainment. I've actually got my first. I've been called a meme dealer for officially for the first time. <laughs> Congratulations. I have earned my first belt. Yes, you have. Level up or the next level in the meme world. I've gotten respect from my meme peers. <laughs> Even though what people don't understand, some people send me some some stuff and sometimes I won't post them because it's like eh, it's a teetering on a fine line, but yeah. Um, I do appreciate any meme that's ever get sent to me, but I kind of set a section because I spend so much time looking at memes. So I'm like, why do I not share these memes to the world? And they give me as much joy and pleasure and satisfaction. And the, I want you to enjoy your day. The next step is creating. You got to create yeah. some OC. And you know what? Yeah. Sometimes you just get inspired. Sometimes you see like a good template. Yeah. You see something that happens and you say, you know what? This will be great for it. Then you start looking for it. Then you don't find it. Then you say, you know what? Boom, I'm going to make it. Yep. Exactly. I, I agree. I think that I see why Gabe, you dedicate a good amount of time doing it. It's a lot of fun. Gets a lot of people in a good mood. This is the, the modern day political cartoon that was mm -hmm. in the newspapers and stuff before. So we as human beings need as much humor and laughter as possible during these really weird times. 2020, three years in, <laughs> this has been a hard time for everyone. So as someone who shares them and looks at them so much, what exactly is a meme? A meme? Yeah, what, what, you know what I'm saying? Because it's like, usually you get some type of a screenshot of something, but then also it could be just a screenshot of not necessarily just a, 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 of a, a still picture of an image or whatever. It could be just words, just captioned. So it's kind of like whatever you want it to be. Yeah, it's basically just a picture with words. I'm gonna or is it like, like porn where you can't describe it, but when you see it, you know what it is? I'm going, I'm going to Google the definition of a meme. Um, my dad used to call them memes. <laughs> yeah. In Spanish, it's really common for people to say memes. Yeah. Really? It's a meme is an element of a culture or system of behaviors that may be considered to be passed from one individual to another by non-genetic means, especially imitation. Yeah, no. Humorous image, video, piece there of text, etc., that is copied often with the slight variations and spread rapidly by internet users. There we go. That's the all right. You know where the can you look up where the term came from? I'm okay. guessing 4chan, but that's just my guess. Maybe. Could be. Where did the term for memes come from? Oh, this silence is just awesome for the listeners. Yeah. Oh, they're, well, they're patiently waiting. Okay. They want to know well, too. Fill it in, boys. I mean, I'm here working. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the edge of my seat over here. I want to know. We're talking about important things here. This is true. There's nothing more important than this. Yeah. All right. So here we go. It's a, it's a unit of culture information spread by imitation. It's uh, da, 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 da. I'm trying to see if there's even useful information. Who coined the term meme? Some dude. 
Richard Dawkins, actually, in 1976. 76. No shit. For real? Apparently, this comes from a very long time. This has been evolved over time. This is actually nothing new. We just have the internet to kind of do things different from what it looks like. What defines a meme? So much stuff on memes, man. I'm I know. About to, I'm, I'm about to write a whole fucking article on this. Right. So that's what I was saying. Like, you know, it's so much that can define it that it's like it's almost undefined, undefinable. But you know it when you see it. Somebody there, there's a there's a there's a college student somewhere uh, writing like a paper about the cultural effect of yeah about memes. Um, and there there will definitely be a, a section of the history books dedicated to memes. A thesis. Yeah, because I mean, it's kind of like, especially when you look at it in like the political capacity or really anything, um, it, it's very relevant. And it is actually used for the distribution of information in some cases. It's it's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I think who coined it is actually Richard Dawkins, the word. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Yep. So anyways, let's get back on track. <laughs> um in this episode sharp left turn we took yeah just a freaking new turn we're coming back drifting back absolutely but this is still drifting back this this is actually uh useful information in modern times because we need to understand the why we need to question everything 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 but guys i really really want to discuss the personal training topic because in the last couple months, well, in the last couple of years throughout the years, but mainly more so recently, just because it's like almost like people now know that's what I do. They can just tell by looking at my page. I kind of just got to sharing the memes recently, but most of my content all revolves around something when it comes to health and wellness, you know, basically. Um, and questions that I get asked, which is stuff that I used to ask too, is, you know, what's the best place to start? How do you start? How do you get clients? You know, how do you build, you know, is there really money in personal training? Very common things that I think get asked anybody that asks themselves, and this comes usually some, usually from someone that's really passionate about health and fitness to start with, or has had an, a, a very positive experience with exercise. But we know that coaching, it's different than working working out just for yourself and, and being the best self. It's, it's very different once you start working with um, the everyday person and different personalities in general, whether that may be athletes, whether that be, you know, your average uh, 40 to 50 year old, uh, a middle-aged adult working a, a busy nine to five, whatever the case may be, you, it may even kind of discourage coaches and where they eventually may even abandon the industry as far as like the coaching side, because it's not what they thought it would be. And I think that there's a misconception. So I'm hoping with this episode, we can kind of give you the real, the real things that you need to kind of expect when it comes to getting into this space. If this is something of interest or you're just starting out, um, none of us have been in here more than a decade of being personal trainers, but I can confidently say that I have been mentored by many, many great minds in the space and I can pretty much help you kind of get started on the right foot versus what I did, which was try so many things that probably didn't really work, but I got to see firsthand that they didn't work. So it's a lesson for me to learn. And now I can explain to others where not to spend your time worrying about and a lot of it comes down to, do I need to get in ridiculous shape? Do I need to compete? Do I need to be with a supplement company? Do I need to be sponsored by something? It's all these things that still circulate 
it's uh, common knowledge to me, but I know I was that person. So I don't know. What are you guys' take? I think this is a great subject for anyone who's a topic for anyone who's either just beginning thinking about getting into it because I was, or, or even someone who's kind of like on the edge or that is passionate about fitness, but said to themselves, I can't be a trainer. I can't be a coach. It's just too much. It's just too crazy. I can't, you know, those lists of, of things that you um, just rattled off, John, you know, maybe those are, they, they say to themselves, I need to do all of these things prior to jumping in here. Right. So, and even though we can kind of just hop on the internet and just search and Google and, and everything, I feel like it'll give it'll, it'll spit out a whole bunch of returns and a whole bunch of information, but it's still not a clear answer or no, nothing, you know, nothing direct, nothing decisive. And it's almost like it's like, like the answers are kind of like hoarded and the secret doesn't, you know, people don't want to give out the secret or, or kind of like give you the real deal as to what's going on. So that's kind of like how I felt. And for like, for a while, I was just like, no, you know, I just love it. You know, I like reading stuff. I like listening. I like learning about it, but I'm not, that. that's not for me. That's too complicated. That's too advanced. That's something that's I'm not for, but um, no, it's, it's, it really is. It's just, are you passionate about it? Um, understanding that even though you can, you've been training yourself for X amount of years or however little or however long is going to be totally different from each person to person. And even though you, if you understand this, you'll still be amazed as to how different each person is from one to the next, from their abilities, from just the understanding. Um, it's just, it's just a, a really trip. And a, I, I learned a lot about myself and uh, in, in, in everything in, in the past, what, uh, shit, three years or so that I've been doing it. So it's, it, it's been pretty good. And I, and I think this is going to be very informative for people. Mike. Yeah. I mean, as far as getting started, I mean, I feel like I got pretty lucky hiring Jonathan. I don't know um, what stars aligned to get me sitting in front of you that day. Um, but I feel like the path that I sort of took unintentionally of hiring a coach and then becoming a coach is a really, really good way to get started. Um, even if you end up with a crappy coach, but your intention is to learn from that person, you can learn from the things that you don't like about them. And that'll kind of help you decide what kind of coach you want to be and how you want to handle things. But the, I'm really going to drive this point home. It's um, it is a lot different than what it may seem because you, you may be a Mike and Mike was very good. Mike did exactly what he was told. I, I have one Mike right now. Everybody else is, is, is non-compliant to some degree. And um, a lot of people are very limited in what they're able to do. So just like what Gabe is saying, it does kind of force you into this learning position where you're now stepping outside of your own realm of knowledge. And you're, you're forced into this role where these people are, are handing you their bodies and saying, I trust you essentially. And then you have to be the one that knows what to do when their shoulder hurts or they have lower back pain or their form is off and you are the one that has to figure out how to do it. It, it adds this whole new element to exercise in a way that you've never really encountered before. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, and, and with that, you know, being careful with, you know, everyone put they're, they're putting their bodies in your hands and you have to have treat that with, with respect and with caution. Sometimes I may be a bit too cautious in how I treat um, everyone and handle everyone, but I'd rather be um, overly cautious as opposed to not cautious enough because you can always ramp it up. If you go too hard or too heavy or anything, you know, it's, it, you know, something serious can happen. 
and you you wouldn't want that right and and that should always be in the forefront of your head not something that will worry you you know till you're bald or gray haired or anything only we can use that word <laughs> <laughs> but but you know what i'm saying so I, i'm always thinking about that and i'm always just playing cautious okay let's just cool let's just ramp it up just slightly slight more slightly more slightly more until we get to a good point um but just yeah just understand uh, that that people won't just listen to what you what you what you tell them to do like just because you tell them hey okay i want you to start tracking if you really want to make some changes to your to, to your physique they don't or they do kind of ish then that's okay just meet everyone where they're at you know if they don't want to track then okay fine don't want to track can you at least tell me what you had for lunch today tell me what you have for breakfast is this, is this a typical meal and whatever they say just always take it with a grain of salt because you know they might try to um, impress you try to say, oh, no, I, I didn't have that slice of cake last night when they really did or whatever. And that's fine. That's okay. Just take it as, as it is and just take it from there. Like, right. It make you, you know, it, you'll get nowhere if you start arguing with them, get mad at them. You're like, what do you mean you don't want to do this? You, you're, you're supposed to do this. So just, just kind of like take it as, take it as is and, and, and you'll be okay. I want to take a step back real quick. Um, with just how to get started or if you if you know you're yep. in a good place to start now obviously the a lot of people when they start this wasn't this fortunately wasn't me in my situation because i didn't even know this was like legit a thing online coaching online coaching has boomed in the last couple of years um has become an outlet where coaches are very when they decide they want to be a so-called coach they're gonna just put on their Instagram that they're an online coach and then they, they just post exercises on their content and, and they think that that's kind of how their business is just going to blossom from that. And unless you're like, like a Steve cook where you have millions of followers or a person that just was, that looks really, really good and an anomaly and that you were in the era when Instagram was building, you have a, a massive audience and you just converted to online coaching, maybe, but that's the perception that people have that's going to happen to them, which is, it's not a common thing. And another thing is that people think that you have to have a massive following on all your social media platforms in order to have a successful business as a coach. And this is also not true. Um, but I would even stay even go further is if you're someone that is thinking about becoming a coach, I even advise Mike in this, um, even early on when he was getting started was that, you know, start with just working with people in person, you know, because that's where you're going to learn so much. Um, you can, and it doesn't matter what cert, I know this is another thing that comes up is very common. What certifications would be the best. And there's, there's a, there's out, there's a bunch out there and yeah, there's some that are better than others. Ultimately certifications are businesses and you know, they have minor uh, discrepancies in them. It, at the bottom line with that, in my personal opinion, is that you don't, it doesn't matter the cert. I have never been asked by any of my clients, what certification do you have? I even have a degree for people that don't know. I have a, a small degree in, in sports medicine and fitness technology. I don't really bombard people with that either. No one cares. Um, so it's good to have education, it's good to have invested in yourself. So there's nothing inherently wrong. Mike, what are you gonna say? I, I will say that you mentioning that you have a sports medicine degree during the first assessment with us did mean a little bit to me. Okay. So just um, to throw that out there. 
Yeah. So, and I'll even kind of explain when I was doing that and I kind of stopped doing that in the last couple of years, in the last few years. Um, but it was something that I was taught to, to use and as a potential advantage. Um, so I guess it's like, you can, you can say you have excerpt if you're doing whatever, but anyways, when it comes to those things, it, what's going to really determine uh, your level of expertise is the time you put in with working with people in person on the field day in and day out, getting your reps in just like anything else. So my advice is, yeah, if you're someone that doesn't, you don't need to go to college necessarily, but go in and get and learn and invest in a, in a, in a reasonable, doesn't have to be thousands of dollars, can be a couple hundred bucks or less, get a certification from a credible source and go either intern if they they're not hiring or go apply at a local gym. Um, and this is the thing too. A lot of people don't want to go this route and we know why most big box gym or franchise gyms, it can be tough, intimidating, and people already bash the whole idea is that you're not making any money. And this is the thing. If you're talking about being successful in fitness, unfortunately, Whatever business endeavor you do, it may not be the most lucrative thing at the very, very beginning. You can bypass a lot of the mistakes that I made and we made at the beginning, but you have to kind of get yourself there and get started. The benefits of it is going to outweigh the temporary discomfort um, is that you're going to get the exposure to thousands and potential hundreds to thousands of people throughout how many time you, how much time you spend there which is going to just allow you to get your level of coaching up to a high degree where then you can think about going, you know, on your own and going independent and doing your own thing. Because a lot of people jump into being independent and if anyone has actually tried it, you know how hard it can be. Yeah. You're not going to go there for the, um, for the monetary, you know, value. You're not going over there to get paid with the internship or working at a big spot gym. You're going there for the experience. You're going there to work with um, a bunch of people, get those reps in with different individuals. And that's what you'll, that's, and that's vastly different from what you do if you go person, if you start doing independent, right? Because if you go independent, then it's on you to get all these people. Get, it's on you to get all these leads. How are you going to get them? I mean, just, are you fine walking up to someone on the street on, in Starbucks or at the supermarket or in your community or whatever? If you're fine with that, then okay, fine, more power to you. But even Most still- Most trainers hate to sell. And we're going to get into that later on in this episode. But the biggest block for a lot of trainers is that they, they hate selling. They hate the feeling of selling. They have a very bad association with selling. And luckily for me, I was able to reframe this. And hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll have a different perception. But if you can change that mindset, you'll have more success. But that's a big limiting factor, especially for coaches that go independent at the beginning. You're never taught how to sell yourself. Mm -hmm. um, essentially, you're selling everything we do. It doesn't matter if you're referring someone to a restaurant. You are selling something that you like. Um, in, you know, indirectly. So I always find it interesting when coaches want to go right away or think they need to go per, uh, private and they're going to make so much money um, right off the bat, which it's couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. it's just, So what you want to do is not only one, get a whole bunch of people in front of you, just talk to them, seeing how you can communicate things. You'll start noticing what to look for. The majority of people have, you know, everybody, one person is different from the next person, different from the next person. 
But overall, you know, you, you tend to look for the same exact kind of things. You see what works, what doesn't work, what type of person um, uh, can, can relate to what type of, uh, I guess, language or, or way that you can relate certain information. And it's just getting all these reps in or just being in front of people, right? And that's just all what you need in the beginning is just get someone in front of you, talk to them, see what they want, see what works for you see what doesn't work for you. See things like, for instance, you mentioned, John, how you, uh, in the beginning, you were, you were saying about how your, your certification, your, your education, um, if that works for you, then fine. You know, if, if you feel comfortable with that, then keep on going with it. But it's just getting someone in front of you, getting multiple people in front of you and seeing um, and, and, and just do your thing. And I'd say go in with the sincere intention of actually wanting to help people. Yep. Um, Cause that'll, that'll help fuel all of the other, um, duties that you have as a trainer. Um, and just like they're saying, you know, going in with the, with the money intention, you're going to, you're going to be pretty disappointed. Um, most people will at first. And with that in mind, if you go in with the intention of helping people and you actually want to, and follow through with all of the acts required to help these people, then you'll, you'll leave every day feeling satisfied. You'll feel like you made, made a difference in that kind of, well, it should make up for the difference in the the lack of paycheck size for now. And then ultimately that does end up creating a better trainer, thereby giving you more money at the end of the day. So it becomes a machine that kind of fuels itself um, if you stick with it long enough. I wanted to add too, and the reason I wanted to kind of start there and just kind of get that cleared up is because we also live in a time not only with social media influencers and people thinking that they need these followings and they need certain criteria on social media platforms that and also the boom of the of the mastermind coaches the business coaches out there and i couldn't tell you how many times i get uh, messages in my most dms that i get from strangers if they're not laughing at a meme they're freaking messaging me about um about oh i love your pro i love your profile um what are you, how long you've been a coach or it's the same script. I feel like they all come from the same factory. Um, they also have the same things to say. And it's kind of annoying. Sometimes like depending on the mood, I'll rip into them and I'll tell them just to fuck off. But, um, other times I'll entertain it. I'll play along. Um, it's just, I can sense you, you get, when you're in it long enough, you start kind of seeing the patterns. And the issue with that I have is that, they sell this perception that it's so easy to build a six-figure business when you when you actually look at a sustainable six-figure business i'm not talking about a, a high-paying month i'm talking about a legitimate business that has reoccurring revenue and sustainability over the course of time a reputation all those things take time you know you're it, if that was that easy we would see a lot more six figure coaches, um, you know, people living very extravagant lives being coaches. But if you're going into the mindset thinking that it's easy and that's going to, it's just going to, you're just going to make six figures, you know, just from starting it, you have a very rude awakening coming. So my thing is that go into it. It like Mike said very beautifully is genuinely caring about people and actually wanting to make a difference. What I tell people is don't think of solely on the monetary aspect. Think of it in the sense that the more people you help, the money will follow. And I can't stress this enough, like focus on people being a genuinely good person and caring. 
the money people will pay, people will come to you as over time. And this is very like, a, a, I can speak, you know, testament in my personal, you know, personal training business that I, when I started full time a couple of years ago, I've been doing it for six years, but full time, I've been doing it for about three, three and a half years. Uh, when I got, when I was going to go all in, even my own family told me that, you know, personal training is a luxury. You'll never really make, you know, that's not really a way to make a living. You know, it's, 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 it's really hard. And you may be hearing this, you as a listener right now thinking about it, you may be thinking, yeah, like this is discouraging. I better play it safe. I can tell you it is very challenging, but it's a very, very fulfilling uh, career and I can't see myself doing anything else right now. Um, obviously, I'm always looking for ways to grow and continue on in my in my fitness career. But um, if you if you kind of just avoid the naysayers and connect with the people that you need to connect with, you'll be starting on the right foot and with the right, and you'll be you'll be able to sleep at night that you're actually genuinely doing the right thing versus you're ripping people off and you know, setting yourself up for disappointments, I guess is essentially. So what are the, um, so to kind of uh, we'll wrap up, not wrap up, but recap what we just said. Step one would be have a passion for it, of course, mm -hmm. right? Step two would be wanting to go into it with wanting to help people, right? Yep. Um, ideally get an internship or start working at a big box gym um, while or prior to having a certification, right? Mm -hmm. I would even uh, say just to kind of piggyback on the, uh, the big box gym doesn't have to be a big commercial gym. Always. If you have, you're fortunate enough to have a good studio or a small boutique style gym, which I started out full time with. So is Mike currently working at. It's a smaller mm -hmm. franchise style gym uh, where uh, an environment where it's going to allow you to learn. There's pros and cons to big box gym. I think it's the exposure. And the, sometimes they're very like our friend, Amber Dupree works at a, a big box gym, but she's a manager and manages trainer. She's a good trainer. And uh, she actually teaches her coaches how to sell and how to build a business. So if you're fortunate enough to, but not always the case, you have to kind of go out in different places and check that out. So don't feel limited to going to a big box gym only. I, I kind of lumped all of those kind of things in there, but good that you broke it down or, or clarified that. But I, I would, that, that's what my intention or, be, or, or reasoning behind that. So what would be the, the, the next step? So you're there in a, uh, a gym studio or something, and you're in front of um, a lot of people, what would you say would be the next step or the next thing to check off on the list in uh um, I think that the next step is to go in with the mindset <clears throat> And this is something that really, really helped me. Going with the mindset of becoming the top trainer of the facility and or the company that you work for. And this sounds, this sounds kind of arrogant going into anything and saying, I'm going to be the best. But I'll tell you, it's the advice that was given to me. And this is, I think, what contributes a lot to my success. I got advice years ago, and this is when I was still kind of on the fence if I wanted to do this because of all the fears that are common within starting something new or uncertain is go into the facility, get go, don't go private, go to a place that is going to help you generate leads and teach you how to assess, close, uh, build, you know, get in front of as many people as possible, train anyone and anybody, because this is also something I'm going to get into because people get picky and um, almost like uh, in a place of how do you call that when you're like entitled, the entitled position with, with when you're starting out and you just need to be getting work with everyone. Take but um, yes, and 
the advice was to go in there open-minded learn learn how to sell learn how to speak learn how to sell your services learn how to regain retention so if you're going into this space those should be your focuses is learning how to sell being comfortable with selling because this is i'm going to say it right off the bit if you don't sell you're not gonna you're not gonna get clients no one's just gonna hand you a bunch of money to train them maybe a couple times but if you want more clients you need to put in the work um so selling is absolutely become the top trainer and or the second top trainer if you have a really good guy you got to be a neck and neck with the top producer slash best trainer uh, of your gym um, this is just going to, this is what, why to do that is going to secure your chances. If you go private that you can actually sustain on your own, because if you're a mediocre trainer or you're the bottom barrel trainer of the gym, and then you think that it's because of the gym and that you're going to go out and make more money, you have, you know, you're also going to be in for a rude awakening. It doesn't work like that. Being a top trainer just is going to basically uh, increase your chances. Like or, if, or see, okay, if there's a top trainer in your gym, what makes him the top trainer? Is it, his, is it his knowledge? Is it the way that he relates information? Mm-hmm. Is it how he, um, he, he relates to people, right? Building those relationships. That's, that's another really big one, just being able to, are you someone that can build relationships pretty quickly, gain someone's trust? Because once you have those two things, they're most likely to stay with you, right? I think that's um, uh, what I have right now. I think uh, I yeah, right now I have like a couple of clients that I've been with for a while. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the relationship that I was able to build with them and how they just feel comfortable with me and know that I have their best interests at heart and know that, you know, we've been making already some good progress. Mm-hmm. Why? Because of the way that I've been providing this information to them. So just see, you know, your, your top trainer, what makes them their top trainer? Try that, to learn yeah, from them. Absolutely. Like, you know, that's what, um, so when I said that I didn't, I didn't have any uh, understanding of where, what were specific markers. I just knew that I needed to get more clients. I needed to pay my bills essentially. And I wanted to, I already had some experience going into it. I had been working with people for a lot of people for free or very low cost just because I, all I wanted to do was help people. So I, I kept working with people for years before I went private. So it was an easy transition in that sense to talk about fitness because I was so passionate about it. But, um, what made me the top trainer or quote unquote top trainer of the gym is that I, I was able to be out of the 40 trainers that were in the company at one point, um, out of the eight locations that my gym, my franchise chain owned, I was able to stay at that top level, basically almost two years untouched, um, where I maybe some guy passed me in sales for that month or whatever, but you would see the spike in sales, but then a massive drop. I would never ever have a drop significantly. It'd always be like that steady little trail going upwards. And then I leveled out just because once you reach a capacity of where you can't work with anyone, you kind of level out. But the main thing there at that point, once you're able to fill up your book is to, to retain clients and Gabe was talking about clients I've been with him for a while. That's also another very important thing within a personal training business. Are people staying with you at the beginning? You're going to get a lot of flaky people. I know Mike will kind of share a little bit on like his experience with the the first couple months where it's frustrating. It is frustrating because you're chasing, you know, your own personal financial, financial goals, because we'll be real. You need to make money to obviously do this. And, you know, especially if you're past a certain age and you have a family and so on and so forth, you need a, you need a, the dollars matter. Um, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but 
it's very frustrating at first, but after a while, you kind of start learning things. You start kind of uh, learning how to coach better where you're able to uh, find clients and or educate people where they are not going into for quick quick fixes. You're able to portray fitness in a way where realistically it takes a while. So, and if you're a good coach and people enjoy being with you, they're going to actually stick with you for long times. So I've had coach clients that have been with me for a couple of years now, and they've transferred over with me to my new uh, facility uh, in the last year and a half. And it's, but it, it didn't happen in the first month. It took, you know, months of doing it and building relationships. So that's another thing is just building a, a full book, filling your client, filling your book of clients where you're literally full. And then focus on retention and keeping those clients as long as you can. And not in a way where you're not giving them everything they need, but where the clients want to stay with you that you, you don't have to ask them. They just automatically resign. Mike was that client that I didn't expect to resign, but he stayed with me over a few years. Um, I think that's also what kind of was able to propel him into thinking, you know, this is something that he wanted to do on his own, but that's another major factor. Yeah, you mentioned about people being, you know, in the beginning, people being flaky and not staying with you. You know, whenever someone leaves you for whatever reason, you know, don't take it personal. I mean, it's hard not to, right? Because essentially it's a one-on-one -on -one thing and they're like, oh, no, I'm good. So I'm rejecting you. I don't want to be with you anymore. Don't take it personal. You don't know what this individual is happening in their life. Maybe something going on at home, at work, um, other commitments that they just can't commit to you any further, right? So it's hard not to. But just try try to do that, but also assess and say to yourself, okay, well, what happened? Was I providing them the information that they needed? Ideally, you know, I've I've asked before feedback on people um, that have stopped, or even as I see them, like I I I, I literally ask them, how's it been going? Are you liking it? What do you think? Um, do you, are you understand? Like I'm always asking if they understand kind of like what I'm trying to say, the the message. I don't want to tell. I don't want to tell them what to do. I want to tell them and tell them why, so that way they understand. And it's kind of like you're almost, you know, giving away all your secrets and and just so that way they can kind of do it on their own. Mm -hmm. But they're they'll they'll appreciate that and they'll understand how much value you're giving them. And we'll stay with you because we'll sure they'll know this cue that you're always kind of giving them or a couple of things. But what about everything else? There's always something new, something else to kind of like work on, something else to improve upon that they will stay with you for. Right. Absolutely. Uh, Mike. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. The only thing I can th think about is just the, 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 the workload. I mean, I'm the, I'm the one that's at the franchise now. So I guess I can kind of speak to that as far as the number of clients, the, the quality of clients, so to speak, um, prepare to have your, your heart broken in some cases where you'll have yeah. people super fired up. They'll sign up with you. They'll be all about it. They'll take the 15 minute drive home. They'll get on the phone. They'll text you and cancel immediately. Um, you'll have other people who stick with you for a while and, just kind of lackadaisically go about their sessions and you know, that's okay. At least they're coming in to see you. Um, and then you'll even have the people where when they finally do leave, honestly, you're going to be relieved and that's okay too. You know, you can focus your attentions on, on other people that aren't as much of a headache, but um, it is a wild ride, but it is absolutely necessary because you get, every possible flavor of person and client that you can possibly have every situation comes up every issue comes up 
with one person or the other. And you're going to learn a lot as long as you're actually putting in the efforts to mm -hmm. help the people and follow through with everything as you should. Um, there was another point that I was going to make, but I, it's escaping me now. So just continue. Well, well I, no problem. What I, what you said there is important. I wanted you to share that because I knew you were going to kind of go in that direction because you're in it right now. This is like your first year and a half or so. Um, you crossed the year mark and you were in your, you're essentially the top trainer of the facility right now um, in the first year. Yeah. So uh, realistically you are, um, you know, we can, we can squabble over technicalities, but you're yeah. the consistent trainer. Your book is the fullest out of all the trainers right now. Yeah. Um, you, um, do a very good job where now most of your clients that you're getting, you're getting quality, very fortunately you're getting quality people. I know there's still, um, even me, even being independent, you still get those ones that come to you pay, then they get become very, they, you know, they fall off, life happens. And you obviously have to be understanding. It's nothing personal against you as an individual. That's one thing I want to advise the listener is that never, it's never take things personally, always come from a place of understanding, um, put yourself in their shoes for whatever reason, because a lot of trainers come with the mentality of, uh, pure motivation and hype and the, they're, they're motivated and they're passionate. They train five, six days a week. It, you're talking to a person that, potentially will hire you because they absolutely hate the gym. So then you have to kind of reframe your mindset on how you are, you know, how you coach. And this is another thing that I forgot to add at the beginning is understand that you are training the average person. You're not training competitors unless that's the route that you're taking. You're not training fitness fanatics. That's probably, they probably wouldn't even hire you to begin with. Um, you're training people that don't know anything or know very little or need help to be accountable, or how battling with all these issues that you will find out as you gain your experience with working different people. You're gonna work with older people that literally don't give two shits about six packs, but you are a competitor, you competed, so that's you care about the cosmetic. How do you cater to a person that is, you know, doesn't have those cosmetic goals? You have to refrain your mind of um, when it comes to those things. So Real quick, being a top trainer, learning how to sell, fill your book, and we'll focus on retention of clients. And the uh, fifth point that I wanted to add real quick, Gabe, is you need to learn how to generate your own leads. Um, right before you, we jump on that next one about generating your own leads, you just mentioned a, of not having to be the, the person that's, you know, motivation and hype and everything. And you kind of see that a lot. You, you, whenever, if you were to picture in your mind, you know, a train, a, a personal trainer or a coach, it's someone that, you know, that's screaming and hyping someone right next to you or saying, you got this, come on, you know, you're all, you, you know, keep going, keep pushing. Right. And then you kind of see that either on TV or on, on, on social media, whatever. And mm -hmm. if you're not this type of person, right, you, you say to yourself, well, I can't be a coach. I can't be a personal trainer because I'm not like that. That's, mm -hmm. you don't have to. I'm not like that. Right. I mean, I guess I could be like that, but I'm not. And I, I, I don't, I, and I tell people right, right off the bat, you know, we're not going to do anything, you know, no boot camp style or no, I, I don't do any burpees. I don't do any, you're not going to, we're not going to do any mountain climbers. Not to say there's anything wrong with them. There's, mm. well, kind of, but, you know, we're not going to waste context time. Context matters. Exactly. Context matters. But I tell people, we're not going to be doing all that, but you still get, get to where you want to get to. So Absolutely. the point is, I just wanted to say is like, you know, you don't have to be, a um, quote unquote, a typical personal trainer of hype and motivation and screaming and jumping. 
you get the other extreme too, is that the hype guy and then the guy that doesn't really talk and all he does is count reps and put people on machines and it's very low effort coaching. And I get, I get that if you're a person that works with in a big franchise gym, I know it's very easy to get caught in that cycle. So I would spend mm-hmm. a certain amount of time there and then go to a place where you actually develop skills and relationships with real, with real people and actually learn how to coach and get provide a good service because that's going to improve your chances of retention if you're just a person that puts people on machines people are going to figure that out really quickly that you know they can do this on their own you know yeah. this is really not that hard um but when well, you actually like take your time to die, you know learn the body learn how people move learn about teaching them actual real exercise that work you'll find you'll spend months training maybe on a particular exercise and people will keep coming back because you're showing them that there is some they need to learn this This is valuable this is helping them Um, another thing i would really say is stop worrying about just physical strength performance gains off the rip spend a lot of time is helping people get educated in correctional exercises um, that are going to help because this is another way to build tremendous value in in sense of your retention because you said uh, i think gabe you said at the beginning where it's like where or mike is even that you know you're the person that needs to know how to help them with their shoulder their back Technically, as a trainer, we don't need to know this. I want to say, but it really, really helps build a tremendous value as you as a coach if you have some experience with alleviating pain. Because we know that there's professionals in the field, chiropractors, physical therapists that know, and movement specialists that know way more than, than, than us. But having basic understanding to, you know, a person that maybe have some, uh, uh, their low back is tight. And you, you, you can work on their hips and their hamstrings, then they feel relief. Maybe sometimes it's not that they have a big serious issue, but maybe you can help even alleviate or mitigate some of that and teach them some good stuff. Um, thus, if you need a further help, that's when we, you know, we recommend go see someone. But yeah. um, if you can sharpen those skills, your retention is going to go through the roof. And I'm kind of all over the place, but this is a thing that Gabe, you also brought to mind was, uh, you don't need to be the hype person, nor do you have to be in ridiculous competition shape to be a trainer. This is another thing that I hear, I hear a lot is people say that, oh, it's because I, once I get in shape or I'm not in shape, so I don't feel like I'm going to be a coach. And people, yeah, there's a, there is some validity to un- thinking that people are going to look at you and you are your walking billboard at times of, you know, if someone's going to hire you or not. Well, I'll tell you from personal experience. I worked, I did a competition while I was building my PT business. Did it help to a degree, but it wasn't significant. It wasn't that significant where it drove my business to anywhere radical. It was being healthy and having healthy practices and practicing essentially what you preach a good chunk of the time. If you're telling someone not to eat fast food and you're walking into the gym with McDonald's, then you are kind of <laughs> sending a conflicting signal and thus being a hypocrite. So, but if you're someone that looks relatively healthy, you don't have to be the biggest buffest dude. Ladies, you don't have to be the most ridiculous uh, shaped, you know, super lean, flat tummy. Be healthy and, and, and be knowledgeable and be caring. And that's what's going to trump just the, the cosmetics. Yeah. And I mean, think about that. Like, what about you, you said before context matters. So what about the person who went from being, you know, 120 pounds overweight to now that they're 40 pounds overweight? I mean, that's a big change, right? So, and that, and you can kind of like see that in yourself. So it, it's, you don't need to be, you know, again, a quote unquote, typical person that's shredded and jacked, you know, a dude or, 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 or girl or whatever, just someone who is healthy and health 
again, that's something where you can't really define so much, but you know where when someone comes across and they're healthy and the way that they come, they just present themselves, it'll be great. Uh, uh, one, I feel like I'm jumping back and forth here, but you mentioned before, John, about how you don't want to be the person who's just counting reps and just putting someone on a machine. One, one quick thing, if you're a rep counter and if you've never missed counted, are you a coach? How many times have I missed count? I was just oh, like, um, every day. I think, I'm, I think that was five, you know, so, so that's, and, and why, and why is that? Not because you're not paying attention. It's actually because you're paying close attention to their form, to their technique. You're walking around them, right? If you stand to the side and are always in one spot, that's, that's, that's probably not the best thing to do. Cause think about, you know, you always want to see different angles. If someone is doing it, it like something from either as complicated as a squat or as simple as a bicep curl, right? Uh, a bicep curl. Are they shrugging their shoulders? Are they, you know, rounding their shoulders forward? Are they, are they moving their elbows too much or too little? Or are they going up too high? You know, and that's something that you will see from walking around someone. And by walking around and paying attention to their form, you might lose track. And that's okay. You know, don't freak out about it. And don't say, oh, I don't know. Um, just, just what, what do more. we say? Exactly. Two, two more. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, you have anything to add on that? Um, no, there's, there's quite a lot for the sake of, um, brevity. yeah, for the sake of brevity, I think I'm just gonna, uh, I, I will just say this. It's definitely, um, it's definitely a challenge, but it's, it's a hundred percent worth it. And when it comes to what style of trainer you are, uh, be yourself. And yeah. when people are sitting in front of you and you're pitching them to train with you, Yes, you are selling an idea to them. You are selling their goal to them, a promise to reach that goal, but you're also selling yourself. If you're a douchebag, they're not going to hire you. And if that's you as, as a person, then that's something you should probably work on. If that's some uh, false front that you have because that's what you think a, a personal trainer should be, then you're not being yourself. And that's just never, that's never going to work. It's never going to be sustainable. So just be yourself and people that work well with you will naturally gravitate towards you. And eventually, you know, if you're, I'm a, I'm a very chill guy and that's, that comes across very much so in my training. Um, and the people that I have, I've asked, you know, if I, if I were Mr. Mr. Hype man, would you have hired me? And they would have been like, fuck no, I don't like people mm -hmm. like that. So the, the people that you work well with will naturally come to you as long yep. as you are yourself. No, I, I agree a hundred percent too, is I'm not a very loud spoken individual. I'm not the loudest person in the gym ever. Um, I have peers that are, and that just is their personality. It's who they are and that works for them. And they attract those clients that enjoy working with them. Um, so just, yeah, find your groove, find your, find your rhythm. And, um, you know, that's going to start kind of building, you know, your brand, your rep, your reputation. Um, I don't want to dive too much into niches and stuff, but this kind of just to brief over that a lot of, uh, buzzwords out there is find your niche before you become a coach. You'll never be able to find a quote unquote niche, uh, in a, anything until you start fucking doing it. You got to start getting the experience and you'll start to gravitate towards, like Mike says, the type of client, maybe you like work better with middle age. Maybe you work better with uh, younger clients. Maybe you work better with older clients. It just depends who you naturally start to uh, enjoy working with, but this comes with experience and time at the very beginning. If you're getting started, work with anyone and everybody, 
Um, even if they are difficult clients, don't ever feel like, you know, you're too good to work with so-and-so, you know, sharpen your skills, take on those challenges and, you know, build that resiliency as you, as you, as a coach, um, because that's going to lend itself well in the future. And we're going to try to keep it where it's mainly beginner stuff. If we're getting, if you listening to this right now are getting value from this, let us know. We can probably go in depth in another direction. I would love to talk about other stuff, you know, with the, the personal training sites, I can go on and on and on. But um, just to keep it for the sake of beginning is definitely if you haven't gotten the drift already, go start working with people in person before you automatically go only online. You just to brief that too for that person, not for the sake of time, um, is you can build an online business as you are doing in-person coaching, just so you guys know, like the listener, the, you know, don't feel like you have to only do one or the other. Um, but I will tell you this, a good, good piece of advice is being a good in-person coach will make you a better online coach. Being a good online coach is not going to make you a better in-person coach. And that was advice from, you know, someone that I respect very much. And it's true. It's if you're, I, that's why I told Mike, focus more on that. I think Mike's in a position now, if he was to turn on that online switch and take on clients, he will have a much better, uh, way of helping them versus if you would have just done that from the beginning because the first even the first couple months we would talk and you would tell me about all the stuff that you know it's coming to it's coming to reality with stuff that you're seeing and patterns and trends so you only get that from being exposed to real people in real time this is a topic that i i feel like well when it was presented for us to talk about it today in this today's episode i think i was like awesome it's great i think a lot of people would really enjoy it and then it's it's just so much content that we can talk about or cover, right? So hopefully people are getting value from this and would want to continue on with this conversation because there's just so much more to really touch upon. Um, but you mentioned about uh, finding a niche. If you do, right? If Like, let's just say, again, you tend to work well with uh, middle age or younger people or older people. I mean, like you said, you wouldn't know until you work with everyone. Like, how do you, how do you know you, you, you're, you're working better with older people if you don't get any older people? If you say, oh, no, 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 I, I don't want to deal with them. But then you end up doing work with them and then like, hey, you know, I, I can get them, you know, to uh, improve their quality of life by X or Y or whatever the hell it is. Or what if it's a different kind of leash, like you're the mobility guy, you're more the strength guy, you're, you're this or that, right? And it's fine to have a lane, fine to have a niche. Uh, and if you're good at something, then great. But if you're not like, let's just say you're not a mobility or correctional kind of person, but someone asks you like, Hey, you know, I have this issue with my lower back or, or here or whatever, what can I do? Um, it's fine to say, I don't know, but I'll get back to you. You know, don't bullshit them and be like, Oh yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. You just do this and you'll be okay. No problem. Take two of these and call me back tomorrow morning. I want to add real quick that what you said there is super critical is that especially if you're starting out, you're not going to have all the answers and yeah. that yeah. is completely okay. Um, you don't necessarily have to say that they're your first client or your first couple clients. Just say, no, I'm not a hundred percent sure about that, but I'm going to look into it. I know someone that does know more about that and I'll get back to you. And people will respect that. Believe it or not, people have a fear of like having to think that they have to know the answer. And I got caught up in this just like anybody else. It, this is yep. very, very common. But you'll be surprised at the, the response that people get when you actually find out the real answer. I'm like, hey, look, I talked to my, my friend that's a physical therapist or he's a, a chiropractor. He 
could be it could be something around this realm and you start working with them. People are going to have more respect for you and they're going to be the clients that, you know, stick with you for life because you have built this, you know, tremendous amount of respect and value within each other that it just works. Or if you were to provide them a, um, either a video or a website or a podcast or anything that you think that they would, they would get value of, they don't think like, oh, I'm giving away all my secrets. They're not going to, why would they bother working with me when they can just refer back to this source each and every single time? Well, it's because that source is not speaking to them in person and able to um, uh, explain as to what's going on or what's being said. So feel free to just pass this information. And like you said, they'll find out, they'll appreciate that a hell of a lot more and we'll stick with you and we'll ask you more questions or say, hey, you know, I, I listened to what you said or I saw the video or I, or I visited the website. Um, can you tell me more about this? Or I'm confused about this. Can you explain this? Can we try this? Can we do this? So it, it's, it's a great way to build that relationship with your client. I like, uh, I like using those moments uh, to create a little bit of more interaction out of people. So if there's something that comes up and I have no idea what the problem is or how to fix it, first of all, I straight up tell them that, uh, but I will look into it because I'm curious and I want to help. And then the next time that we meet, this is what I found. Let's try this out. Give me feedback. How does this feel? Did that one help? So on and so forth. Then they feel like they're kind of, it's almost like they're fixing it themselves, even though you're providing them the information, they're providing you with the feedback. And then together you kind of create this plan. Of course, there becomes stick to your lane, becomes a, a conversation where, you know, there are going to be things that you can't do. And then you have to refer them on to, to, to a professional of some kind, but um, and it's important to know that distinction as well. And, and just to, to add to Mike's point, if don't be afraid to refer them to another person in another field, it doesn't mean that you're going to lose your business as a byproduct. You're going to strengthen that bond. So don't feel afraid to, you know, uh, advise someone. I also wanted to kind of say that you, the things about sometimes running into something you're just not going to know. Um, there are situations that me and Mike were working with each other for a long time. And this will happen if you have a client that you were with for a decent amount of time we came into incidents where injuries came up, life happened, and we had to get really creative. And me as a person had to kind of go off course of what we had mapped out for each other. And I had to tell him, let's do this. Even though at the time that Mike was going through maybe an injury, he was kind of like bummed out about, you know, he was doing so well. And he's like, oh, I got to accept back. But as a byproduct, we kept him doing something, refrained the mindset and, um, you figure out how to get creative and how to still make the coaching and experience an enjoyable one for, for your clients. And even though you set out a goal in the beginning, if you need to pivot or divert or cover something else, or you encounter, you uncover something uh, along the lines, Oh, Hey, while we're working on changing your aesthetics, um, you had this shoulder issue that we really didn't, you know, understand let me fix that. Let's cover that first before moving on or going back to where we were before. Or if you just happen to change your mind, like the client says, you know what, I would rather continue doing this or that's, that's totally fine. Don't feel like you're, you're locked in and this is a, you know, one way street with no brakes and it's full speed ahead. No, it's, it's, it, it's fine to just adjust and, and to pivot along the way. Absolutely. And uh, just for the sake of time, um, you know, we want to just leave this as a beginning thing. So I want to just kind of go over just the main points just so we can wrap this episode up. I don't want to make it super, super long, but like I said, in the middle of the episode, if you guys like this, this type of conversation and you a person that's 
beginning or in the process or or someone that has thought about doing this but never really felt like there was a right way to do it or go about it then you know let us know let us know in the reviews or on instagram or wherever you feel comfortable uh messaging us um to cover the main points common misconceptions you don't need a massive media a social media following you don't need to uh be in ridiculous cover model shape necessarily to start you don't uh what else did we say that we didn't need? What kind of like stuff that just doesn't matter? Oh, you don't need to have this super, super high level of education just to get started. This can come over time. You're getting more certifications. So don't feel like you need to pick the perfect cert. Just get one that's going to allow you to learn at least a little bit if you have zero experience. And then the way you're going to learn is application, 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 application. Um, continue education is always encouraged, but you know, look at ways that you're actually going to learn, not just get more certs, just get, maybe go and get mentored by other coaches that are much more experienced than you are. That's what I did. In most cases, after my degree, I kind of just latched on to people that were in this field and very successful coaches, um, in a genuine way, not in a gimmicky way. Um, start in any gym that allow that is going to teach you and help you that's going to be key that was one of my very big uh shout outs to anytime fitness in cape coral they were the they were the definitely what helped me you know propel me and essentially in the right direction um learn how to sell be comfortable with selling you're passionate about fitness it's not about being grimy you are literally helping this person change their lives fundamentally this is probably the best thing that they could be investing money in is in their own bodies so if you can be passionate and excited about that that's how you're going to sell them on the idea of investing uh, and don't be afraid of asking for them money you know this is what you know this is there's a part of the sale or, or the assessment and or sell that is going to come where you're going to have to ask for dollars if you build enough value in the services that you're going to offer and help this person with, then people will pay, you know, a good fair price. Um, and over time, those prices can increase because you are gaining your levels of experience. Um, focus on filling your book first and foremost, before you get too ridiculous with pricing, get, if you're struggling to sell people on massive packages, don't be afraid to scale back a little bit. And just to get that book nice and full, in there where the demand is there, then you can kind of focus on pricing and getting technical with those things. But if you don't have a full book, you don't have to be worrying about things. Fill your book up first, get more people. Um, and then after you fill your book, focus on retaining those clients. Instead of having to constantly sell new on, to new clients, it's easier to sell on existing clients. So focus on you know, keeping re-signs and, and keeping a client that's gonna keep with you uh, for longer periods of time than just three months, six months, even a year. And then lastly, once you get that during this time, you could even be doing this, but mainly towards the end is focus on generating your own leads outside of the gym, um, where the gym is no longer providing the bulk of your clientele. Obviously you can take them because that's why you're working for them. But uh, if you are thinking about going private, you need to be able to find and generate referrals and people that you can sell all by yourself and attract. And once you can establish a good system here and it's consistent, it's for, I would say even for a year to two years of consistency minimum, um, then you can think about, okay, let me start thinking about independent options. And that's a whole other beast that I'll get into maybe in another episode, if we get good response from this one. I think the, 
one point that I really want to do is uh, really want to make is in regards to education. Um, yeah, you don't need to constantly just have like, you know, 10, 20, you know, cert after cert after cert, but just uh, ABL, always be learning. And oh, yeah. in whatever kind of source or format that you like, I personally like to just listen to separate different types of podcasts. I like to look at different types of YouTube videos. And it could be, I sometimes I have like, I think I've seen like, I don't know, the same topic covered just multiple times. Mm -hmm. And it just helps me. And, th and don't say to yourself, well, I know this. It's fine. What the hell? Why am I looking at this again? Why am I listening to this again? It's just showing you another way to communicate this idea, this information, because some people would, you know, they'll, they'll, everybody understands things differently. And maybe one key point that you picked up on this third or fourth video or fourth time that you listen to this one topic, that'll really hit at home for that one individual. So just being able to communicate uh, a topic in various ways will be um, very good. Mike? Uh, I'm, I have a joke. I'm, I'm finished with the topic. I don't, I don't oh, what's, have anything what's else the to joke? add. Uh, unless well, we're well, going to continue well, this for another hour. <laughs> no, no, no. So like just to wrap up here, um, I didn't mention that this at all, but just a real quick, this is, this is another whole other topic, but just to kind of give you guys a little bit of people are going to probably be thinking this in the episode. You're, I would say during the whole coaching process or your own transformation process, share applicable take home forms of content that are actually going to be not just you with your abs only and be like, look at me. I look good without my shirt. Uh, or girls just posting butt shots on you know Instagram, post content that's actually going to be helpful for people. It's not going to get as many likes. It's not going to get as many um, engagement maybe at the beginning. But this is the secret for me. Uh, there's, there's the secret is there's no secret. But this was that what really helped me build um, referrals and trust and respect from people outside because you are actually showing, giving them value versus just being uh, another good thing to look at. So don't feel like that you have to be posting half naked pictures, post stuff that actually helps people. And that's while you're going through this process and this will propel you in other different avenues and open doors for you. Did you want to move on to the joke part? Let's hit the joke. <laughs> yeah. That kind of wraps that up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So uh, I was wondering, is my wife dissatisfied with my body? Tiny part of me says yes. Ooh. That's a sick well, burn. That's a, that's sick a self burn. burn. Yeah. Those well, are rare. Personal experience. Do you guys, oh man. Um, do you guys know um, what genre of music national anthems fall under? Country music. <laughs> That's a good one. Mike's getting good. You guys came out. I don't have any jokes for you guys today. Uh, but with that being said, I'm not a dad yet. Give me some slack. I can kind of chime in. Well, you're a dog dad. I am. I am. I'm gonna make puppy jokes. Well, just to let you know, my dog's on a puppy deficit. That's right. Yeah, he, he, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's still on it. That's good. She's not happy, but she's in a deficit. Keep I'm it going. Be, I'm like that. I'm gonna be that dad's like watching my weighing out my kids freaking peas and mush food and <laughs> so getting x amount of ounces um hopefully not that'd be that'd be really really bad um but 
With that being said, if you guys enjoyed and found value, let us know. If you haven't already subscribed, if you're new, subscribe to the podcast. We, drive, we drop about three episodes a week. Leave us a five-star rating and a review if you're feeling extra generous. Follow us on Instagram at The Next Level Show. My personal page is at John Alva 7 Gabe is at Prime and Glory. And Mr. Mike is at Mike Millis PT.